welcome to the Companion Chapel Everyday Bible Study Broadcast. My name is Mike, coming to you from the Great Lakes area of beautiful Ontario, Canada. On this gorgeous Monday, November 27th, 2023, coming right up, it is the book of Revelation, the sixth trump, and we'll probably do the sixth vial also, chapter 11, because we've done part one, part two. I hope you're paying attention. I hope you enjoyed those videos. Now we're in chapter 11, the book of Revelation. Please turn with me in your Bibles chapter 11 of the great book of revelation and there was a reed given unto me like unto a rod and the angel stood saying arise and measure the temple of god in the altar and them that worship therein what's god doing this rod was a scepter of imperial authority we're in the sixth trump here god is observing who and what people are doing in his old holy place he is taking roll call here don't forget this is what God's doing. He's sizing up the temple for destruction because we get a new millennium temple. And don't forget, as we're watching carefully, God's chosen people, that just means those who have signaled to God, they've sanctified themselves. It's up to the individual. Signal to God, sanctify yourself, signal to God, and signal to others, I'm a man, woman, child of God. I'm meek. That means in the English, easily imposed upon and submissive. In the original languages, meek is the exact opposite. It means I know how to say no to myself. I know how to say, I know how to afflict myself with self-discipline, to say no to myself in the face of all the vain curiosities and ideologies that I have to face every day. That's why Paul said, I die daily. Oh, we're subject to die daily. If we give in to those vain curiosities, those temptations, those ideologies. It's to afflict yourself with self-discipline. Learning is to say no to yourself. It's the assertion of willpower over basic desires. It is the difference between happiness and pleasure. People constantly seeking pleasure, they have no clue what content or inner peace or happiness really is. And that can only come from having the love of Christ in your heart by submitting with an unquestioning obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ. He will open this book up for you. Like it opened up for me when I did that, when I surrendered my entire existence over to the Lord Jesus Christ. I said, please cleanse me of everything that is corrupt to you in your kingdom, my Lord Jesus Christ. Everything of the darkness. And I meant it. And everything. That is offensive to you in your kingdom, my Lord Jesus Christ. Please saturate me with your Holy Spirit. Please cover me with your veil. Hedge me about. Wrap me in your vesture. Please hold my hand, my Lord Jesus Christ. You are my best friend because you have told me all things as it's written. The book of John. Hey, I'm your best friend. I'm your shepherd. You shall not want another. I laid down my life for you. I'm your rock, your only stability. So what are you doing in church? This is what God's doing. He's sizing up the church because he's going to destroy it. Sizing up the temple. Okay, all the people that are in there, all the churchy church people, people that go in there for a cultural event, people that go in there and sugarcoat the word. Oh, this chapter is the, this is the thing. Watch this play out. All right, so he's going to he's going to measure the temple and them that worship there. And what are you worshiping? Worship just means what you have faith in. And a lot of people, trust rich white man's ideologies and their legalisms and they say you just have to follow you have to conform michael like a dog that licks its master's hand i don't think so you can jam it you can jam the world you can jam mainstream society because my society my nation is israel 
the spiritual family of God, as it's written in Romans chapter 9. You better watch what you're doing in churches, what's being said here. But the court that is without, that's outside the temple, leave it out and measure it not, for it is given unto the Gentiles. It's just the heathen people. They can have it anyway, right? And the holy city they shall tread underfoot 40 and two months. There's a lunar prophecy there. Keep that in mind. Who is the, who is the lunatic? Satan himself. Who is the prince of darkness? Satan himself. When you think about the lesser of the two unique light givers, what is he? You could liken him to the moon, but I don't recommend that because I'll throw you off Genesis chapter 1. And we're going to do Genesis chapter 1 after I'm done with these. Uh, probably the next one. But I'm just saying. that What's that moon? The lunatic. It's not a light source. It's a dirty, filthy, old, distorted reflector. And he's going to distort the truth. He lunar prophecy. Now we have a solar prophecy. And I will give power unto my two witnesses. And they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and three score days clothed in sackcloth. So you have two periods here of like a year and a half. But I'll get back to that in a second. We'll just unpack this verse here. My two witnesses. This means faithful interpreters of God's counsels. Or it's in the Greek it's martyrs. Who is your faithful martyr jesus christ the first page of the book of revelation this little eight page pamphlet in the back of your bible and they shall prophesy that's what they're doing they're prophesying they're faithful interpreters of god's word prophesying and they're going to be tripping around possibly for uh three and a half years i'm going to hit that in a second clothed in sackcloth there's a key there there's a key clothed in sackcloth do you remember matthew 23 when jesus christ just schooled and made fools out of the lead clergy of the time that call themselves Jews because it's an adjective. Remember, nouns, adjectives, verbs are extremely flexible in the original language. So we have like a trait now. They called themselves Jews because that was in the Bible, because that was a descriptive term to describe the lead clergy and their followers that were hostile to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why it's an adjective in the lexicons. They were, that is the posse of people that orchestrated Christ. They fulfilled prophecy anyway. They fulfilled Psalms 22. God knows what's in the hearts of people. All the evil in the world comes from the human heart. But here they are. And Matthew 24, is it going to be three and a half years? What well, Jesus Christ says in Matthew 24, I've shortened those days. Read Matthew 24 carefully when Jesus Christ says that, I have shortened those days. He's clearly in the sixth seal trump file in Matthew 24. I've shortened those days for the elect's sake. That's me. That's you. We are. That's our job. Sons and daughters shall prophesy right to the end. There's no flying out of here like these sugar-coated pastors put sugar-coat the word and tell us we're going to fly out of here. God says Ezekiel, here I go again with this rapture theory, Ezekiel 13. I just want you to read it for yourself. I'm against those who teach my children to fly to save their soul. And in Matthew 24, we endure to the end. John 16, we're in tribulation now. And these people think, well, they're going to fly out of here before the tribulation. Don't, don't even get me started. Like, what's it say on the first page of the book of Revelation? I am your brother and companion in tribulation. That's what John said. We're in tribulation as soon as we exit the womb. And all 
No righteous person of Almighty God goes without trials and tribulations. Who do you people think you are? That's right from James chapter 1 to 12. Remember, in the last chapter, Revelation 10, 11, because it's open for me right here. And he said unto me, Thou, thou is not a personal program, pronoun. It refers to all of us. Thou must prophesy again before many peoples, nations, tongues, and kings. That's our job. We, nobody knows who, who the 144,000 are going to be. And these two witnesses, are they dressed up? All fancy pants. Do you know what Jesus Christ said in Matthew 13? He just destroyed these guys. Don't call anybody father, he told us. Well, who are these people that dress up in these fancy ephods? That's that priest robe, which was no more according to in the book of Isaiah or Hosea. And I just did Hosea last summer with Tammy. No more. So when you see somebody calling themselves reverend, or when you see somebody saying, Call me Father. Jesus Christ said, watch out for them. Those are wolves in sheep's clothing. When you see someone in flamboyant clothing, the two witnesses are here in sackcloth. John the Baptist in sackcloth. What do you think, Jesus Christ? That just means in humble clothes. It doesn't mean a potato sack. It just means in humble clothing. You will find the truth from these people. The other people are nothing but wolves in sheep's clothing. Jesus Christ, just put it, put it home. The whole chapter, Matthew 23. And don't forget it in other places, uh, wolves in sheep's clothing. Don't forget 2 Corinthians chapter 11. For such a false apostles, deceitful workers, disguising themselves, that's transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. That means to assume one's appearance, to disguise themselves, to participate in proximity. Like these are fakes. When you see this whole church system that's all dressed up in fancy clothes, but God's two witnesses, John the Baptist, Jesus Christ himself, all the disciples, did any of them dress up in a big flamboyant thing? Oh, it stopped after Aaron and Moses. It stopped. It stopped after probably a little bit further in the Bible, but the book of Hosea tells us when it stopped. Okay? There's no more fancy pants. Be very careful. That's your clue that you got a fake, and reverend is God's name. Psalms 111. So if someone's calling themselves reverend, you damn well know right away they're a fake. This word transforms has the Greek preposition meta in it. Does it sound familiar? Meta, meta, association and accompany with. It, demote, it denotes among, amid, your psyche, your spirit, the intellect of your soul. It means it's going to walk amongst your mental disposition and change your course of action. Be careful that you don't get meted by these false preachers. The two witnesses are dressed like normal citizens. And no marvel for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Don't be surprised. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers, that's Satan's ministers, and they have defiled the sanctuary right from the seminaries because they can't teach one small book. They don't know it. They don't know it. They, they, they just don't know it. They'll make excuses. And here they are. No great thing if his ministers also be disguised, transformed, meted as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. Yeah, you got what you got coming to. You want to be a pastor, preacher, you've overstepped your spot in the many-member body of Christ. And guess what? 
you're leading people to death and you're going to be on the hook for that. As it's written, there's a huge warning through the Bible about fake pastors, fake preachers, fake ministers, whatever you want to call yourself. I'll never call a human being reverend. Imagine saying that to another human being. I can't even imagine. When I was a kid, we had a reverend, right? A rev, even though what he told me, he had the big dress on. He wasn't dressed nicely. And here's my Bible from when I was a little kid. I know I show this all the time. You know, my grandma gave this to me. Poorest family in, in town. And look at all the little kids' handwriting I got in here. Look at my book of Revelation. Yeah, guess what little Mikey did when he was a kid, 11 years old? He read it took it to church what do you think they said oh just put that away michael you know that can mean a lot of things it was written a long time ago we have a modern society now it only applies to jews you don't even know what that word means you couldn't explain to me what hebrew is israelite jews means you couldn't even explain it to me you know i remember all those years in church and i didn't even bother bringing this anymore and it was like we never did this we never opened it up you know why because they said michael just love jesus christ don't be a doubting thomas and you're going to fly away. There's a rapture. So you know what my family did? They did that. They shut the Bible. We never had a Bible study once. But we watched 10,000 hours of television. And that meted a whole program into my psyche, my spirit. I let the TV tell me what's beautiful and what's beautiful. What's important, what's not important. What's a value, what's not a value. Just absolutely hell that I had to walk through to get to where I am now, but Jesus Christ's arm is always outstretched. No pointing fingers, no blaming others. We pray for everybody. I pray for everybody in the human family, constantly. So here they are. You got your two witnesses. You know they're not going to be dressed up like fancy pants, right? Like, like the Pope and all those people that they want to be called Father or some big shot, like these big shot American evangelists. Just, just in their jets. They don't teach the Bible. They're inspirational speakers that use the Bible as a random book of quotes and they make millions of dollars off it and they're fake. They're fake. They're not sent from God at all to teach the Bible and I walked it so I can talk it. I used to send them money in the 90s when I was searching for the truth and then one morning at 3 a.m. I'm laying there staring at the ceiling. I got a, a TV that only gets three channels and who comes on the TV? Pastor Arnold Murray from the Shepherd's Chapel it changed my life. 1996. Life changing. These are the two olive trees of the two candlesticks standing before the God of the earth. Okay, it IDs who they are. You want to know who these people are? We don't know exactly who they are, but you want to know this is talked about in Zechariah chapter 4. Why not just read the last verse of Zechariah chapter 4 so we can understand this? It's a big deal. It's just two witnesses sent out to do what they're doing. They're going to trip around the earth and prophesy. And there's going to be more on them. But we just go to Zechariah for a second. As soon as I can find it. And go to the last verse of chapter 4. And then we'll go to Psalm 79. And it's written about the two witnesses there. Also, all God's prophecies are written in here for us, for understanding. And then he said, These are the two anointed ones that stand by the Lord of the whole earth. And where's your glossary link for any of this anyways? There's your two olive trees glossary link. It's Revelation or Zechariah chapter 4. And the two candlesticks, we'll just turn back a few pages. What are the two candlesticks? Well, they're the churches as it's written. Revelation chapter 1 verse 20. And why is there only two witnesses when there were seven churches? Because only two churches passed. That's why there's only two witnesses. The church of Smyrna and the church of Philadelphia. Why did they pass? 
Revelation 2.9 and Revelation 3.9 is the key that will run a thread through the Bible like a clothesline all the way back to Genesis chapter 3.15. Satan, God speaking to Satan, I'll put enmity, that's hostile hatred between your seed and the woman's seed for what you just did. And we're living it. So let's go to Psalm 79 for a quick, just to uh, talk about this for a second, about the two witnesses. Psalm 79. And I'll just read a little little bit of it for the sake of time. O God, the heathen are coming to come into thine inheritance. The holy temple have they defiled. Well, let's see. Rise up, get a read. It's a scepter of imperial authority. And measure the temple of God in the altar. And them that worship therein, God's taking roll call. Who has got in there who brings barnyard morals into the church and celebrates it who makes a blasphemy blasphemy abomination to god that rainbow meant something to god and they're rubbing it in god's face who goes in there and sugarcoats the word who goes in there and doesn't teach this one little book one little book and these people with the fancy robes and say you know what they say to me michael you have no formal education in this you have no formal training uh, can you just please be quiet? Don't come to our Bible study. You know why? Because we don't even have one. God, the heathen are come into thine inheritance. The holy temple have they defiled. They have laid Jerusalem on heaps. Jerusalem, my place of peace. The dead bodies of thy servants have they given to be meat unto the fowls of heaven, the flesh of thy saints unto the beasts of the earth. Yeah, they didn't bury them. Their blood have they shed like water round about Jerusalem, and there was none to bury them? Psalm 79. There's other places in the Bible. Malachi chapter 4, Matthew chapter 17, about the two witnesses. So we'll just leave that at that. I think Matthew chapter 17 is the Mount of Transfiguration. And if people want to say it's Enoch and Elijah, or Moses and Elijah, who cares? If God wanted us to know, he would have told us. And they're just going to be humble, teaching the word, and watch the power they have. Now, any artist depictions or uh, whatever your preacher tells you. Like a preacher, these pastors and these ministers, man, they got a charisma larger than life and it's twice as opinionated. And I'm going to tell you something. Get Hollywood depictions out of your mind and all artist depictions out of your mind, especially funded by fake Christian organizations. I'm going to tell you what this means right now. Two witnesses tripping around. They represent the two churches that passed. Five didn't pass. Revelation 2 and 3, there were seven churches. Only two passed. These guys represent the spirit of prophecy, the spirit of the law. And if any man hurt them, fire proceedeth out of their mouth and devoureth their enemies. And if any man will hurt them, he must be killed in this manner. And I uh, see, so yeah, they're going to go around. Someone, uh, you know, bumps into them in a crowd. What, they got a like a propane torch attached to their tonsils and they're just going to burn people in the face? Like, I just don't understand. If you continually read your Bible, pastor, minister, I'm not calling, I'm not saying the word Rev anymore, okay? And teach your children. You could have taught me when I was a kid. I don't go back, I don't look back anyway, right? It's forbidden in the Bible to point fingers, but I'm just saying, you got the whole congregation right hanging off every word. Big screen TVs, and rock and roll bands. What is your problem, man? Does that is that what these guys are carrying around? Do you think the Millennium Temple is going to be like that? I don't think so. 
Okay, if any man will hurt them, fire proceedeth out of their mouth. Jeremiah 5.14. Let's go follow the keywords through the Bible like I do. They create a glossary. The keywords in the Bible run threads through the Bible that create a glossary. And then when I see the keywords in English, I always go to the manuscripts, which I study more of through the lexicons, and you will see the true sense, meaning, and full expression of these words that will paint a picture in your mind. Not only that... It'll help you to understand those threads that run through the Bible, through the keywords, phrases, sentences, run threads through the Bible that make up the structural fabric of the key of David itself for understanding and interpretation. Does this, these guys, are they got like breathing fire and burning human skin? Is that what God wants to do to people? You think God is a Hitler and he's going to send out his henchmen? Like shame on you people for teaching that. Fire proceedeth out of their mouth. Fire is the internal passion of the mind. Jeremiah 5.14. God saying to Jeremiah, I'll make thy words in thy mouth fire. It will devour them. Let's go to word fire a little bit. I, I like it, you know. You know, we have fire and literal fire and burning emotional fire. Do the same thing. They disrupt the systematic order of things and destroy the purpose of function. So fire is used to describe discord. But when it's God's fire, like he says to Jeremiah in Jeremiah 23, it's not my word like a fire, saith the Lord, like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces. God's word is the truth. It'll burn a lie right over. You watch the people, when they hear the truth, they just burn up inside. Jesus Christ said it best, when they hear the truth. They're like an old wineskin that got new wine in it. What's, what's going to happen to an old wineskin? Now think about this a little bit. An old wineskin which is probably the gut of some animal, who knows. And you put new wine in it and it keeps expanding because it's fermentating or fermentating or whatever the word is. It's going to explode. What about putting, what about you got an old pair of old, old clothes and you get a piece of new material and you patch it, then you wash it. It's going to pucker up like this, right? And that's what people do. They pucker up and explode when they hear the truth. They think that it's offensive to hear the truth. They think feelings trump the truth. They, they think they're feeling... Don't let your feelings compromise your intelligence is what I say to some people sometimes when I've just had it, when I've just do my little wrap-up. But people today think that their preferences determine what's true. And they don't understand. Wisdom is the process of finding out your intuitions were wrong. Everybody has to admit, hey, I was wrong. But people love arguing. Arguing over the love of true wisdom. The human ego blocks out all human reasoning. Proverbs 9 verse 8. Don't even bother to try and reason with the scorner. Don't even bother. The mockers, they are the ambassadors of arrogance. They will hate you. The Hebrew word in this word, Proverbs 9 8, for hate it means a personal hatred reason with a wise man and he will love you the art of conversation is dead these days this is the fire fire is used to burning emotion fire is used as the internal passion of the mind james 3 the tongue is a fire it boasts great things behold a greater matter a little fire kindleth the tongue is a fire defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of times of mankind and that is the fire of hell. People will hold on. They, they conceive it, and then they nurse it along like a child, and they won't let it go. What, what's Jesus Christ trying to teach us there in Matthew 24? Well, those with child who give suck in those days. Well, your glossary link for that is Psalms 
7 verse 14, 15, hey, you're conceiving ideologies inside you and you're nursing them along and protecting them like a child and it's growing. Your ego, you can't be corrected. You're never wrong. We know these people and they wear you out after a while and you've exhausted your caregiver. That ego, that fire, the eternal passion of the mind, the burning emotion is the fire of hell. That's what James says. That's what it is. God's not having a barbecue of human beings over there. He's not sending his uh, two witnesses to burn human skin. It's the internal passion of the mind. Fire and it devoureth the enemies. The truth always has a linear, always have a linear progression towards the truth because the argument of the heathen is always predictable. It's always predictable because it always contradicts itself. It'll go to something they saw on TV or something they saw on the computer, some documentary where where they it's about a hypothesis or a theory. All these hypotheses and theories they have to weave it together. They're all they're all interpretations of incomplete sets of evidence that they try and weave together. They're like they cherry pick data and they uh, selected data and limited observation and they come up with these theories and hypotheses and they present them as the truth and that's called settled science or science consensus and why do they do that why do they do that when they're marginalizing god and try and teach heathen ideologies to people say like evolution or something because they publish it through yellow yellow journalism they have to because they've all got grant money they have to cover it there's a financial interest in the outcome they have to you can't just get some grant money and be a scientist or something. It's, oh, we didn't come up with nothing. Well, you, they have to publish something or they're not going to get a grant, right? So always a financial interest in the outcome. So here, these guys are going to go around, going to go around, and they're going to speak the truth, and it burns people up inside. We see that. And if any man will hurt them, that means hurt their mission. In this manner, he must be killed. Apocatino, killed, not snuffed. It just means subject to die. And what does that mean when you're subject to die? It's deprived of spiritual life. You're put out of the way. You're on your way to hell. It never, death in the manuscripts never means, never, never denotes non-existence. Either we're spiritually alive with the Lord Jesus Christ, with the love of Christ in our heart. Spiritual life is a conscious existence in communion with God for the eternity. And we're in a fallen condition. We've fallen out of harmony with the universe and we have to get back into harmony with the universe. Here's your instructions. Spiritual death, like these people with egos, to, like hell must be, just be huge. Like lake of fire, lake means haven or harbor. And fire we just went over. That's who's going to be over there. They can't get over themselves. Their ideology is always trying to prove somebody wrong or whatever. The, spiritual death, you can have it. You've exhausted your caregiver. I pray for everybody. I don't want to see anybody go over there, but people like it. Perpetual drama. You're spiritually dead. And they complain about it. You're spiritually dead. But they continually play into it. Spiritually dead is a conscious existence in separation from God. You're never snuffed. It never denotes non-existence. They will exist in other parts of the earth where there is no praise or presence of God whatsoever. And in the book of Ezekiel, it says twice, they'll be comforted there. They're going to like it. They don't like God now. God is fair, and he's going to send them there. You guys can go play somewhere else. You don't want to play nice. You don't want to play, play with true Christians. You, wanna, you don't want to play with the God of the universe. 
Yahweh is his name. Sacred is his, is, is his name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Through Yeshua, Messiah's only begotten son. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son to be tortured and humiliated, to take the lowest earthly position for us and because of us, that will allow us a way out. He had to do that. It made the kingdom of heaven valid, legit, and bona fide. What's that blood spilt? Because no guile, no malice, no corruption was found in the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ did not sin in thought, intent, or action. He took the lowest earthly position for us and because of us to set up the Millennium Temple, to give us a way out of this construct, this ridiculous construct. Rich white man's ideologies where nothing matters but everything continues just destroying each other. Back to a place of peace beyond our present comprehension. Lord Jesus Christ will not accommodate evil because he did not accommodate evil and he did it for us. He is perfect in righteousness, perfect in trustworthiness, the only begotten son of God. First and foremost in importance in the universe, it's our only way out. He's our savior, our salvation, our deliverer, our redeemer. He paid that price that none of us could even come close to paying. And this is what they're going around teaching. And people will smirk and laugh and mock. See that glow on the mocker's face? It's always illuminated by their own imaginative criticism. Not even. They're so pathetic they have to get it from the TV or from the, or get all their atheism from here. Or their chronic disobedience or just their, their chronic disobedience and, and just and their imaginative criticism. And we see, that. we see the glow on the mocker's face. That's what it's illuminated by, their ego. And they will get killed by the truth. And they'll get sent to a place where they want to go there anyway. You've exhausted your caregiver. God tried. These have powers to shut heaven that it not rain in the days of their prophecy and to turn and, and have power over waters to turn them to blood and to smite the earth with all the plagues as often as they will. Like, are you kidding me? God is not a Hitler sending out his henchmen to hurt human flesh. So run these key words through the Bible, and when you see them in the English, then you find someone maybe like me, and I, I study those manuscripts exhaustively for hours and hours a day, through the lexicons, and I find these threads that run through the Bible. I found the pattern in the Bible. I found the algorithm of the Bible. Power to shut heaven that it rain not. Well, little Mikey here goes back to page one of the Bible. Let's see. When did it first rain not? And the Lord had not caused it to rain upon the earth. And the Lord had not caused it to rain upon the earth. Genesis 2. Now, that didn't make any sense to me. So did I stop there? Because we already had horticulture. We already have all these living things. And one day at the Lord is a thousand years. So we'll do page one coming up next, next time. Next verse to all the geniuses out there that hold on to the Lord God and not cause it to rain yet. Well, how do we have horticulture on day three then? Thousands of years before this. Read the next verse. But there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground just in case you thought otherwise so we're not talking about Lord did not cause it to rain yet and then you keep reading your Bible Deuteronomy chapter 32 critical chapter to understand because we sing this song of Moses in Revelation chapter 15 my doctrine shall drop as the rain Hosea what's the book we just did me and Tammy last summer rains down righteousness God's word rains down he stops it no more. I, I'm not going to prophesy here. You guys are just dogging me and mocking me. I'm out of here. You're on your own. 
You don't get any truth rain down on you. Later. I'm skating. Bye. And power over waters to turn them into blood. Go through your glossary. Start at Genesis 9, Deuteronomy 12, Leviticus 17. Blood contains your soul. Hey, we're spiritual beings going through a flesh experience right now. Your spirit is an energy. Your soul is an energy. Together, that makes up your identity. Your spirit, your psyche, the intellect of your soul is a closed energy system. It cannot exchange physical matter, but it can exchange information. The word information isn't in the Bible. It's called the light. What unique light giver are you following? The lesser of the two unique light givers, Genesis chapter 1, verse 14 to 18, or the greater of the two unique light givers, and that word light is a masculine noun that rips a thread through the Bible like nobody's business. The light from the sanctuary, the truth. That's our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the light. He shines the way. He is the truth. And that truth is a great separating force between right and wrong, good and evil, and heaven and hell. It's up to the individual. Have power. Listen, this sounds like you could make a Hollywood movie out of this first right here. And have power over waters. Waters. Oh, I'm just going to turn the page a little bit to Revelation 17, 15. I just happen to memorize it. Waters is people's tongues, nations, multitudes. Okay, the flow of people, the waters. That's what it says. To turn them into blood. Blood contains your soul. Blood, the core values of your life force is a bloody, diluted mess. You, you go chase your vain curiosities, trying to prove everybody wrong all the time, gathering together people that think like you, possibly with like, you know, People with barnyard morals like to gather and prate around. Well, there you have it. You can have it. Okay? That's what you want. You can have it. God is fair. He's not going to burn your skin. He's not going to have... Uh, he's not going to do things that are physically going to hurt you. You know, when we live in a perfect world, let me know. But he's not going to come down and have something burning skin or throwing snowballs at us from space or having barn animals come down the sky... It's all lies by preachers, pastors, and ministers that have overstepped their spot in the many-member body of Christ. And those people are responsible for all the atheism and heathenism on planet Earth. For the majority of atheists who have heard these ridiculous things when people read this and say, yeah, there's going to be two guys walking around. And if you hurt them, they're going to burn your face off. right from, Like, of course, of course that's going to cause atheism. And turning blood into waters. Like, of course, atheists are going to go, yeah, right. Well, listen, we just covered this. Your core values, where your soul is housed, according to Genesis 9, 12, and Leviticus 17, Deuteronomy 12. The core values of your life force are a bloody, diluted mess. And what's it going to do? It's going to cause plagues wherever the Word of God has been kicked out. And we can see it playing out on a world stage today. This is too easy to understand. And when they have finished their testimony, the beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them and overcome them and kill them. Let's see what's going on. They're out there teaching the truth. They're not dressed up like the Pope, so it's not the Pope or any of his posse. It's the biggest pedophile club in, in, on the world. Okay, It's not any of those Catholic people. All right, it's not anybody that's dressed in in fancy clothes like it says in the book of James, dressed up in gay apparel, like flamboyant apparel. Do you think that's that's what you're gonna find behind the pulpit? If you see that, you know it's a fake. Okay, the beast, 
Okay, so they finished their testimony. They said, okay, we got nothing more. Okay, we, we've done everything. We've planned to seize the truth wherever we could. Take it or leave it. There's nothing more we can do. And the beast of sand says the bottom must pay. Okay, well, I'll just turn the page back here. Right? What is beast theory on? In the Greek, it means dangerous, ongoing system of things. It's a destructive trap. It's ruling planet Earth right now. It's the first four here. The four horsemen for dangerous, ongoing, mobile power. That's what horsemen means. Revelation 9, verse 1. It's not even the page back. And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven. And unto him... Oh, it's a person was given the key to the bottomless pit. This is the dynasty of censorship using technology. Who's opened up technology? Well, we can point a lot of fingers, but why bother? Right? Technology. Using technology for censorship. And, and we're seeing that playing out. The technology has facilitated a bottomless pit of lies. Do not be deceived. Be careful what you're allowing into your psyche. There's no word for information. The Bible is called the light. And the beast, that beast, that's the fifth one, that dangerous system of things, the dynasty of censorship, which intensifies and escalates into the sixth, we're reading it right now, shall make war against them and overcome them and kill them. This word kills a potential. Excuse me. In the Greek. And it's the same thing. It can mean snuffed out. Now we go over this word kill many times. It can mean physical body, but always remember... It means to deprive of spiritual life, to put out of the way. So they put them out of the way, but they also killed them because the next verse, they're dead bodies. And we read about this in Psalm 79 and in, uh, and now here. And their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which is spiritually called Sodom and Egypt, where our Lord was crucified. Where was he was crucified in Jerusalem, right? Where we call Israel now. Back then it was Judea. Okay, so why is Jesus Christ telling John to write this down? Why call it Sodom? Morally corrupt. That's why. In a, in, in a walled, well, we're going to get to know what a city is in the last verse here. Morals is the benchmark for human virtue and human values. We're, we're in the moral decay of society right now. It's happening all around us. A morally corrupt side society living by ethically corrupt institutional standards. Morals is on the individual. Morals are personal thought patterns that translate into actions and intentions. Ethics is a set of institutional standards that collective individuals establish. Governmental systems. We have a 100% failure rate at governing ourselves outside of the Word of God. Mankind has a 100% failure rate at governing ourselves. All the evil in the world and all the perverted thought patterns and all the barnyard moral thought patterns come from the human heart spiritually corrupt, morally corrupt. That's what Egypt is through the manuscripts. Like, it, like we have the Assyrian, we have uh, Babylonian, Egyptian, and Rome. Four huge empires in the Bible through prophetic import. Where are these empires now? Well, we know them. We know where Babylon is now. It's not the physical location. We know the Assyrian is the United States of America. It's not the people. The citizens are awesome. It's a governmental system. The most dangerous, destructive um destabilizing force on planet earth dropping 400,000 bombs and missiles since 2001 so we know Assyrian we know the Babylonian just means um, confusion and we know Egypt means spiritually corrupt and we know what Rome means 
<laughs> the Vatican. That's where they went. After they snuffed Christ, then AD 70, the Romans were like, yeah, we're going to... Yeah, we're going to wreck this city. And these guys had a ton of money. Of course they went. Of course, that's, that's how that got set up. Don't, don't kid yourself. They're still there. The same posse. Okay? And so that's why it's called. It's spiritually corrupt, morally corrupt. And that's where our Lord is crucified. That's where they're going to be. They're going to be over there where all the action is right now in the Middle East. So keep your eyes open. We're going to be watching this. There's going to be two people. And they have the people and kindreds and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies Three and a half days, and shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put in the graves, just like it said in Psalm 79. And they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them and make merry and send gifts to one another because of these two prophets tormented them that they dwelt on the earth. Yeah, the, tr the truth torments people. People don't want to hear it. They don't like the truth when it's not convenient for them. They pucker up and explode like an old wine bag and a patch on, a new, on an old piece of clothes. And what are these gifts? Oh, little text messages with you know, emojis and just celebrations and nice phone calls. And, you know, that's what, that's what we're talking about here. Yeah, these people, geez, they were such a drag. They were telling the truth. The truth isn't convenient for people. The Bible wasn't written for your convenience. God has nothing to prove to you. You have everything to prove to God by submitting with an unquestioned obedience to the God of the universe and how he speaks and creates, we found out in the chapter 10, I hope you watched that video, that was monumental, man. And they shall dwell on the earth and make merry, and they're so happy. And after three days and a half, the spirit of life from God, that's why chapter 10 is inserted there, to get us to understand what those thunders are, God's voice, when God speaks. Hey, where is that? I love this, I love this. I study the Quran. okay? When God speaks, he creates, he puts life. And the whole chapter in the Quran. For Mary and Jesus Christ, okay? Mary said to the angel Gabriel, Obviously, oh my Lord, how shall I have a son when no man has touched me? Now, God, that's why I study the Quran. We get the same figures of speech. There's over 70 or 50 people I've counted so far in the Quran that are in the Bible. Same figures of speech, same original language. Arab, Hebrew, original Greek, all dead languages now. But anyways, he said, this is Mary speaking, Oh, my Lord, saying to Gabriel, how shall I have a summon? No man hath touched me. He said, even so, Almighty God creates what he wills. When he decrees a thing, he says it, be, and it is. That's just awesome. Well, you know, I like using the Quran too. So, But anyways, I reject all crimes committed in the name of Islam and all negative Im images. For true Muslim people, hate will just unite and it gets spread by haters themselves. Be careful not to hate. And after three and a half days, the spirit of life from God entered into them. As it's written in chapter 10 of the book of Revelation, how God creates through his thundering voice, through vibration. He's an energy. He's a spirit. And they stood upon their feet, and great fear fell upon all them which saw. Great fear. This is a paralyzing fear in the manuscripts. <sighs> Who's them that are there? And they heard a great voice from heaven saying, Get up here. Come on up here. Come up hither. And they ascended into heaven in a cloud, cloud of witnesses. And their enemies beheld them, like Jesus Christ was received by a cloud. Not a weather cloud, cloud of witnesses. The army of Sabaoth, as it's written in the book of James, right there, just beyond our current
perception of physics right there. And the same hour was a great earthquake. God's not going to start doing weather events and start smashing up people physically. Great earthquake throughout the Bible when it's written in this grammatical morphology means huge earth-shaking event. And a tenth part of the city fell. Use biblical numerics here for this. A tenth part of the city. Well, how did we use biblical numerics throughout the Bible? Let's just use the number 10 as it's written throughout the Bible, the number 10. John uses biblical numerics more than anyone else in this little pamphlet in the back called the book of Revelation. When applied to God, 10 means organized perfection. Organal perfection. God's organal or organized perfection. It's not chaos. It's orderly. It's not randomness. It's precision. But when 10 is applied to man, like we read about in Revelation 17, 10, when it's applied to man, means mankind's organized system of things that has a 100% failure rate. What are we talking about? 10th part of the city fell. Society as we know it, this ridiculous construct that we're forced to live into, is over. And in the earthquake, we're slain that's apoctino. It was this such a shitty translation, man. It's not safadzo, slain. Like they used in Revelation 6 9. They had the word slain properly. And here they just put the word slain. It's apoctino. It means subject to die. We're, okay? And in the earthquake, these earth shaking events, which just happened, when you see two dead bodies go up into the sky and it's written, people are going to be freaking out and losing their, you know what, okay? were slain of 7,000 and the remnant were affrighted and gave glory to God of the heaven. I've seen, I never, I rarely read commentaries. I can't say never. It gets so disappointed. I'm not a commentary bandit. If anyone wants to see my notes on how I did the Bible, every single page of this book, I have stacks of notes and translating notes from the manuscripts through the lexicons. Okay, so I'm not a commentary bandit. Let's go to the 7,000 organized by Satan. This is a cheap fabric imitation of the 7,000 in 1 Kings chapter 19, spoken of by Paul in Romans chapter 11. It's twice for emphasis. This will be 7,000 fake churchy church pseudo-Christians standing there. Whew, we never even read the Bible, let alone taught it to anybody. That's who it's going to be. It's going to be the Pope and his henchmen and whoever else, maybe these American televangelists. They will be there with their charismas, you know, they're larger than life and twice as opinionated, you know, often imitated, never duplicated, frequently constipated. There they are, standing there. Oh, oh this, uh, maybe we should have read this book. That's who they are. They're a fake. They're a cheap fabric imitation, trying to act all holy, using the Bible as a random book of quotes, and the remnant were affrighted. No, we're not. This is emphabos. It's a preposition here with N, 2300 times, in, with, by. Phobos is where we get the word phobia from. It means to fear or to revere. This verse reads, and the remnant were in reverence and gave glory to God. That's us. There's hardly any of us left. Even right now, today, it's, you're lucky to find one person in 10,000 that understands this book. Okay, if God wanted God to use the word, to be put in fear. He would have used the word out of the manuscripts, Fibomia, that word would have been used. That means to put fear. We're not scared. We're not afraid. 
We're celebrating that we see those two witnesses get snuffed. And then we know, hey, God's going to wrap up the affairs of time in this flesh age through our Lord Jesus Christ as it's written and gave glory to God of heaven. There you have it. God tells us all things. Jesus Christ is our best friend. And I want to thank you very much for watching. Have yourself the greatest day. Companion Chapel is a registered nonprofit ministry. If you can help me just with the internet or just whatever you can help me with, because Elon Musk charges me $158 a month for internet. I've got a small hydro bill here. I live extremely meek, or I don't want to use the word meek because I just went off on that. I live extremely humble. I want to thank you very much for watching. Go to companionchapel.com if you can help me out. Have yourself a great day and bye for now.